in this episode of Man vs. Marriage, crazy good communication. That's comunicado in Spanish. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. We are so stoked you're here, bro. Look at yourself in that rearview mirror if you're driving down the road, in that mirror at the gym if you're pumping the iron, or find somewhere to look at yourself, even if it's in the reflection of your iPhone, and tell yourself you're a freaking stud. Why is that? Because you get your daily, weekly dose of of man versus marriage. Instant stud. Just add the podcast. Yeah. I like that. Anyway, it's me, the Q Dog, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie, can you give the people a salutation? Hello. Hello, she says in English. I like it. So here we are, and we are getting ready to kick off a fantastic episode about... Crazy Good Communication. I know you can find those episodes all over the freaking world, but I'm telling you, we have had some crazy good communication, and I am confident that you're going to find some tips that will help you create that deeper level of communication. And if you're lucky, you don't have to be lucky, but you're going to get lucky because of Crazy Good Communication. Is that fair to say? Well, yeah, if he does it right. If you do it right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, reach out to us on email, coach at man versus marriage podcast.com. Check us out on Facebook. Connect with us at our group. You can actually reach out directly to me at MVSM podcast. Yes, you can do that. And you can go to our website and check out manversusmarriagepodcast.com. So here we go. Let's jump into this. When it comes to crazy good conversation, no, crazy good communication, it does start with a conversation. And what does that mean? Okay, what in the world does that look like? Thank God Coach Rita was able to help us. When you hear something, you ask, what does that look like? Right? I mean, is that, can you agree with that, honey? Yeah, we do. Okay, good. So looking at that, you know, here we are, and what it, what it boils down to is truly having deep, meaningful conversations, not the surface stuff. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are surface conversations that don't reach your heart unless they get offensive, and then you take it to heart, and then it becomes an argument. But there's deep, meaningful conversations that is important for you and your spouse to have. Now, if you take a trip down memory lane, I can give you the essence of mine and Jeannie's journey when we first started talking, okay? We never, it seemed like we never wanted to be apart. From the very night I met you, yeah. and these dimples and this southern charm got a hold of you the very next day, my pager was never the same. True. 
You were on me. Mm, I think we were both kind of on Jeannie. each other. Jeannie, it's okay. You can tell the world you were on me. That you were too chicken to get my number, so I got yours first. Absolutely. I'm more than happy to tell the world about that, babe. It doesn't sound as awesome when you say it that way. Well, let's be real. How did you introduce yourself to me with a 12-year-old on your back? I was given a piggyback ride, okay? I wanted you to see my heart as mm. a man for the children. Lies. <laughs> these you are were the, hiding. These are the Lord's piggybacks. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> yes, I was worried. But also, you know, I I would not have asked for your number that night anyway because my understanding at the time was that you had a boyfriend, but you were on a break. But looking back, if it was the me now, then I would have because if you have a boyfriend and you're on a break, that means you don't have a boyfriend. Yeah, I didn't have a boyfriend. I had a douchebag, but anyway. And so you asked me for my number, blew my mind when you did, and I was all, I couldn't say yes fast enough. I probably tried to play it off cool and calm and collected, but I wasn't. I was ecstatic, and the next day, after getting out of church and heading into Costco, um, there goes my pager. And I'm like, wow, this chick is blowing me up. This is awesome. Um, and then we started to develop uh, a friendship, and it started off, we, tr we tried to take it as slow as possible, even though we jumped in with both feet, and we talked all day long. And, it, you know, a few weeks into it, uh, we still hadn't shared a kiss or anything. Uh, six weeks. Six weeks until our first kiss. April 12th. But? Not that I remember. Not that you remember. It was behind a waterfall. Your bikini was rocking. And wow we. Yes. Um, I earned that kiss, just so you know. Uh-huh. You surprised me. My eyes were closed. And you laid it on me. Pow! You got me You're right welcome. there. It was awesome. It, uh, it, it truly ring true what my papa said that lip locking will get you in trouble i like our kind of uh, trouble thank you very of, much yeah, that's right <laughs> i'll be staying in trouble all the time officer um so when we first got together i went to work at five in the morning and i'd get home i'd get off work about 7 p.m and from 701 you would basically, for a long time, you'd be at my apartment. We'd be talking, watching movies. You'd be singing to me. And we were just great, happy to be spending time together. We talked about everything there was to talk about. And then you had to be home around midnight. So you'd go home at midnight. You had a phone in your room. And then you would call me on the telephone when you got home. And then... I was I supposed to be calling to let him know I got home. And so then we would stay on the phone until approximately 4 or 4.30 in the morning... And then I would get a little sleep and go back to work at 5. And we did this forever. It was a forever thing. There were gaps because you went to take care of your grandparents in Lake Havasu. But we just talked about everything all the time. And then... Did you ever watch Dude, Where's My Car with me? Nope, Chris did. Okay. Well, that's where that and then is from. Did yes, you know? I know. Oh, you knew that. Okay, good, good. So, and then we got married. And then what happened when we got married that our conversation and communication all of a sudden came to a screeching halt? We had bills. 
We had responsibilities. We had a house to take care of. Well, an apartment. We were dealing with medical stuff because we were going through stuff with me and we thought we couldn't have babies. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) We we had a lot of stress in the very beginning. I had just moved out of my parents' house. I'd never, I've been out of my parents' house one time for a couple of months. For college, yeah. I hated it. And where I was was not a good place for me. So I came back home. So this was really my first time really being away from my parents. And I had a roommate. And it wasn't just, you know, well, we're so lovey-dovey and everything's so great. It's like, oh, my God, you leave your socks everywhere. You come in the door and you'd peel your socks off and drop them. And it was like, okay. But then I have this unbelievable habit of um, hoarding paper. <laughs> and, and we're, so not, we, we're not talking about cash, okay? No, no, no. <laughs> we're not talking about I, hoarding I, cash. Yeah, bills would find their way to the back bedroom because if I didn't see them, I didn't have to worry about them, and I really didn't want to worry about them. So that, yeah, we we stumbled into some um, tough conversation areas, and it, then I, I, we got pregnant, and the whole conversation changed completely. Well, <laughs> and I think what's weird, and maybe it didn't happen to everybody, maybe it just happened to us, but when uh, we got married, for some reason, things changed. It was like on the way home from our honeymoon, something changed, and... I was freaking out. Okay, good. I'm glad you brought that out, that you... Because you, I think you did freak out. I did. It was. It was like all great for the honeymoon and then coming home it was like oh crap we really did this mm-hmm. and i'm not going back to my house i'm going back to your place and now it's our place mm-hmm. and shit i'm responsible again mm-hmm. this doesn't work for me <laughs> it well, was it was hard it, and and i can understand that i think you did have some separation anxiety because you did. and your mom were so tight but then somehow, maybe we fell in the loop. Just looking back, maybe we fell into that deadly circle of now that you're married, you just do what you saw your parents do mm-hmm. with marriage. No knock on your parents or my parents, but you kind of just, as a kid, you do what you see. And, and communication just changed for us because we went from these happy-go-lucky people in love to something a little more cold, a little more distant. You know, you're finding out, um, like you say, habits about the other people. And maybe you didn't like that I, I liked playing video games off and on back then. Or you didn't see the purpose of me doing the radio show. Or You had a lot on your plate and it I didn't did. slow down when we got married. And I think I assumed it would and it didn't. And it was kind of like, okay, so now we're just married and dating? Like we go, because when we dated, we didn't do the traditional dating. We didn't go out by ourselves. When we dated, we went in groups to keep things from happening that we didn't want to happen. I did not want a baby before I was married, so we made sure we didn't leave those doors open. Right. So, you know, something happened to us, and our communication kind of hit the brakes, and we. Allowed, I mean, there were times where we we had some pretty difficult times in the beginning where oh, we you had know, some knockdown drag out conversations because I was locked in what I thought we should do and you were locked into what you thought we should do. And we neither one of us was willing to bend. We are both very stubborn and very thick headed. And at the time, 
you will not put your foot down and tell me how it is. That's just not the way it's going to go. And it wasn't his intention, but because of what I knew and what I had learned growing up, that's how I took it. Hmm. And that's how it spun, you know, you became someone you weren't in my eyes. And that that's what caused the issues. But then we had kids and conversations went from being difficult and kind of rough to business. What do the kids need? What what do we need to take care of? How much more work can you take on because we need to pay the bills? Um, and then it was, oh, crap. Now we're having triplets. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that we've both, you know, regained blood to our head and we can kind of function again. Everything went from that happy-go-lucky, everything is, you know, the honeymoon stage to life is happening and this is all that we talk about is life. I would say we could define it as what's the next crisis. Yeah. We just kept moving on. Yeah. With our, with given our history. Yes, it was, you know, and that's what we became focused on. So we weren't having meaningful connecting deep conversations and we're both people that really, you know, like to talk, like to, experience like to spend time i mean well we were talking we just weren't connecting right it it was you know some people look at it and think well we're communicating we're talking we're having a conversation are you really because if all you're talking about is your kids yeah your kids are important and it's great and and yeah that is a connection for you but is it your connection to your wife is it your connection to your husband no i had you before i had them right and in order and to me, in order to uh, look, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. If you hear uh, talking in the background or kicking and slamming of doors, autism is, is in full effect. It's autism, okay? That's uh, that's the uh, audible that we can't stop from being called. It's autism. So we're just going to go on as business as usual. If this was a video podcast, you would see our face cringe. Every time the door gets kicked or somebody starts to scream or whistle, but that's just uh, where we're at. So uh, we will keep going on as best we can. Um, oh, crud. I lost my thought. What was my train of thought? It's gone. We were talking about meaningful communication. We were. We were. And the fact that we were constantly talking about the kids and not connecting. I know we were talking about the crisis too, but I had somewhere I was going and then I paused to talk about the noise in the background, and then I lost it. Anyway, I'm just going to keep moving on to my next point. And my next point is we have to be very intentional about what we're talking about. Yes, you have kids. Yes, kids are your responsibility. But unless you have a deep, strong, loving, connected marriage, you may not be operating at your prime level as a parent if your relationship and your marriage is suffering, okay? And that's exactly what I was actually going to say. And Jeannie and I have found that the stronger our marriage is, the more empowered we feel as a parent. And look, I'm here to tell you, we have six teenagers. No, we have seven teenagers in our home. And one preteen. And one preteeny that's on her way. six months. Ugh. And we have some incredibly difficult, feels like we can't win situations happening in our life. I know one thing we can count on, that's each other. 
Yeah. That's our relationship. That's the bond that we've built. If our marriage was in the same condition it was 10 years ago and this stuff was going on... Um, we wouldn't be married. We probably would not be married. Mm-mm, we and wouldn't be married. So thank God we decided to kind of dive both feet in. You know, at times kicking and screaming, at times swimming, at times in a panic and, you know, hoping not to sink, trying to swim. But we've been we've been through it and now we know and we can give you with good authority and advice that your marriage has to come first. You've got to build and you've got to build and grow in your relationship so that you can be ready to face the world. And I'm not asking you to expect bad things. I'm not asking you to move on from crisis to crisis because that's not your situation, hopefully. But what I can tell you is deep, meaningful conversation will dramatically game change your status, be an upgrade in your relationship because now you are learning deep truths about your spouse and you're connecting on a different level and you're learning about those things that makes them tick that makes them feel loved adored valued special and like they mean something and like you are that one person in the world that gives them that value they desire and what it does is it creates a deeper emotional bond between you both is is that something you can agree with yeah yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, um, like Jeannie and I, like we were talking earlier today, it's like that meaningful conversation meets emotional needs. And then that means your your love tank gets full. And in turn, my physical and emotional needs get met. It's like the yin and the yang, how they're constantly mm-hmm. pouring, like pouring into each other, if that's a good illustration. If you fact check me and the yin and the yang aren't constantly pouring into each other, I'm sorry, but I'm trying to illustrate that these are two things that it's a circle because it's unending. It's unending if you put the right um, time, attention, and effort, and intentionality into that then you will grow and having these deep, meaningful communication or conversations is the foundation of that. And you, if you look back, what was your relationship like before? Maybe you're married, newly married, and you're still in that two years of euphoric love, bliss, and blindness. Okay, good for you. Do it anyway. Build it. <laughs> Build it, prepare, because at some point that tends to wear off and then you have got to kind of redefine and rebuild what makes your marriage valuable and how you operate within that and how you don't lose yourself or give part of yourself up so that you know what both of you are bringing to the table. And, you know, how do you know how your wife feels if you hear what she's saying and you take it seriously, unless you ask her about that. How does it feel when I listen to you? How does it feel when um, we talk or we discuss or, you know, how did you take that? How are you doing after this situation 
this is what you're saying and this is what I'm hearing. Am I hearing you correctly? Is this what you're trying to tell me? Um, there, those are important points when you're having a conversation. And sometimes it's not easy to come up with, you know, maybe you don't know what to talk about. Maybe you haven't been talking for so long that you just don't know how to start the conversation. Um, one thing that we did take away from the conference that we attended, um, with the one extraordinary marriage, they have a book called connect like you did when you first met. And, um, Tony and Elisa basically came up with 101 different questions for conversation starters. And these are not like your typical, so how was your day? No. Um, these are all different questions varying from, I mean, there's some in there that were pretty hard. We came up with one that came up and it was like, when is it hard for you to open up and talk to me? Okay. Obviously hard conversation for some people, but it, it's, you could turn it into a game, rip the page out, throw them in a basket. When you guys sit down and have a date night at home or whatever, pull one out and that, take it with you to the, the restaurant or take it to you with you to the room and talk about whatever that question is. If you're really struggling that hard or just start with simple, you know, if you're at the point where you're trying to make an effort and you just don't know where to start. Tell her that, you know what? I want to make things better between us. I think we're good, but I want to get better. What are some things that you want to see different in our marriage? What are some things you'd like to do? What are some places you'd like to go? Start getting each other to imagine or talk about things that maybe you forgot about, or maybe you haven't talked about in a long time. It's not too late to go there. Even if you're just talking about it, now you've got a laid out plan. Okay, well, this is something that we've agreed on. Maybe in a five-year plan, if, like Quincy and I, we want to go to Ireland. We thought we were going to do it for our 20th. Things happened. It didn't work. We thought we were going to go to Hawaii. Things happened. Didn't work. We ended up going to a hockey game. I'm happy. But, and it worked. And it worked. <laughs> but again, we're still talking about and planning to go do these things later on because we both know it's something that we've discussed. We want to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's not within reach, but it doesn't mean you stop talking about it. Well, and you know, I think something that it, maybe you just don't know, you're sitting there like, I'm a guy. I don't really like to talk. What the hell am I going to talk about? So from our experience, you know, after leaving the one extraordinary marriage um, conference, I'll give you the short list on on topics that we covered, and it and it goes like this: We talked about dreams, we talked about sex, we talked about books, we talked about goals, our goals for each other, our goals for our marriage, goals for our children, goals for our life, goals for our health. The goals just kept on going. Um, our expectations, our insecurities, our vulnerabilities, and those those two right there changed everything it changes everything sharing your insecurities and your vulnerabilities and knowing that having the confidence that you have developed your marriage in such a way that it's a safe place to say what you need to say no matter how much of a fool you might think it makes you look like um and that and that for me or how you know how it might affect my manhood or not worrying that Jeannie wants to, because I have an emotional side that Jeannie's going to pull my man card because of it. Um, so what possibilities there are, our family, our frustrations, talking about our failures and talking about our feelings. And that's the short list. It was an overwhelming amount of conversation, but it was very 
engaging. It was very fulfilling. It was it was very um eye opening. It was definitely eye opening and I wish I had the vocabulary that would support the level of connection I felt talking to you about these things and you talking to me about these things. And I would ask you, you know, bro, um, can you think of some of your favorite conversations that you've had with your wife before you got married and since you've gotten married? Where were you the most comfortable? Some people, it was in a bar shooting pool. That that was their favorite date because they could just hang out, have a good time, let loose. You get a little alcohol in your system and the conversations flow. If that's what it started with and you're not there anymore, go back. Mm -hmm. Take her out. Revisit those things. Spark that memory. Get the conversation going. Quincy and I will openly admit I am a lot freer when I have a couple of shots in me. It's not something that I have to do, but when we get away and I need to just let go and, and I can't get out of my head sometimes, then yeah, we'll go somewhere and I'll grab a drink. And within a few minutes when it starts to hit, I'm relaxed, I'm comfortable and the conversation flows. But go back to what means something to you. We have San Diego. San Diego will always be our place. That's a place that solidified our marriage. It changed everything. So whenever we get into a place where, and we've done this over the years, if we get into a place where we're kind of stuck and we're just not sure and we really need to get away, we will both suggest, let's go to San Diego. Let, let's, even if it's just to go down for the day, go visit family that lives down there, go to the mall down there, go down to Lucille's for lunch. doesn't matter. We know that that's a place that we let loose and it has a meaning to us. Try maybe bringing those things back. What's something that's important to her? What does she love? Does she like wine and painting? Yeah, it's a chick thing. A lot of people will tell you it's a girl thing. It doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. If you've never suggested it and you know it's something she likes, go with her. Take her to one. Make it a date night. Why do you love painting so much? What do you enjoy about the atmosphere? Is it learning? Is it just being free to make what you want? You would be surprised and just writing the book that I'm working on and Quincy and I having these conversations, I think we've learned more about each other mm -hmm. and more about like, cause creating the characters, I'm creating parts of me mm -hmm. and I'm just changing the names and moving things around. But as we go through some of these characters and some of their likes and dislikes that triggers Quincy, is this, is that something that you would be interested in? Is that something you've wanted to try? Is it something that you've thought about? And it's anything from, you know, uh, painting to dancing to, you know, sex, anything. It, it honestly opens up every question that we've done. But when we went to this conference, I think what we realized was we're great at talking, but we still had some areas to work on and it's okay. Yeah, we're, we, we can talk. We can talk about the business of the day, but are we really communicating and is what, are we taking the time, I and I say it, I'm going to keep saying it, I'm going to keep saying it till the day I die. Are we doing it on purpose for the purpose of dot, dot, dot? Are you having that meaningful, deep conversation? Because the more you converse and communicate with somebody, the more that person feels like they are being heard. And if the, it, we all, okay, it's human nature to want to be heard. It's human nature to want to be validated on an emotional level, even if you are a dude, 
You want to be validated. You want to be heard. You want to be relevant or make it make you feel like you matter, that you have value. And, and having those communication, those deep communications takes you there. It takes you there. Maybe right now, communication between you and your wife sucks. Maybe it sucks and you just can't find a way through. Is there one piece of communication, one thing you guys talk about that you are successful in? Because if there's one, let's try to get it to two. Let's look at how we win in this one area of conversation and let's work on building the principles, getting it to two things and then three. And then once we gain some momentum, it can go to four. It can go to five. We've got some episodes back from back um, early on, episode five, episode six, episode eight. Those those episodes are about um, learning how to listen or the art of asking questions or uh, how to get laid, with, a.k.a. vulnerability. And then um, also there's hard talks in there. There's listening authentically. There are ways of communication. There's ways to develop your communication where you're not just waiting to respond. You're not building ammo to respond, but you're becoming an authentic listener and listening to everything that the person has to say. And then what you're also doing is you're formulating a response and saying, this is what I hear you say. Is that right? And taking the chance to clarify that. But it doesn't always have to be hard talks. You're just getting your reps in, learning how to communicate, and then getting down to the business of what do you want to be heard? What in your life do you want to be heard? And how can I hear it so that I can meet your need? And then you grow from there. You start to grow from there. Go ahead, honey. I think if you can find a way to incorporate your meaningful conversation with whatever the love language is, minus physical touch, one of minus physical touch, the other is quality time, my top two. Quincy will use time like giving a massage for no reason. It's not, you know, I'm going to give you a massage and then we're going to get laid. That's not how this works. It can lead that way. I'm not going to lie. But if you intentionally take the time and you know that one of her things is physical touch, give her a massage and talk. She's calm. She's relaxed. You're doing something for her. Chances are that's a good place. You're pretty vulnerable when you're, you know, naked and somebody's rubbing you down. So, and I'm not saying corner her, but if she's like me, I'm an at-home mom. I'm always mom at home. Period. It doesn't matter if Quincy's home. It doesn't matter if we're doing date night in our room, watching a movie. It does not matter. I'm always mom. Even now, when the doors are banging and kids are screaming in the hallway, that's why we're getting kind of fudged up here because I, I'm pausing and he's watching my face because he knows I'm, I'm getting ready to freak out. Mm -hmm. I'm always mom. But in those moments when the kids are asleep and it's just us and we can have some downtime, that's when I can open up and I can be vulnerable and I can say what I need to say and we can have conversations or when we go out and we're away from everything and we're trapped in a car those are when we have our best conversations why because life isn't screaming at us 
It's just us. You've got to find a way to create just the two of you and open that door. It's a lot easier when we can turn off everything else that's going on. He has to leave his work phone and turn it off or he has to set it up where we don't answer right now. You know, there, there are times where we have to do that. And I'm, I'm telling you, it makes a world of difference. And I have to turn off all my hockey stuff that's blowing up my phone because the game's on and I'm missing it. But Yeah, the season's <laughs> so much different since you get 82 games and I only get like 12, 13, 14, 15 games. I Alabama. know, isn't it great? <laughs> no, I'd love for, <laughs> I'd love for uh, the guys to play 82 games and one loss wouldn't hurt so bad. But um, with that said, we have, got, we have ran so long in this episode. Uh, obviously, we're over-communicating, which is not a bad thing. Eh. Um, and there's more to say. There's more to say here, but we're going to leave you with this. We give you some, uh, we give you some resources. Look for Tony and Elisa DeLorenzo's book called Connect Like You Did When You First Met. You can find that at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Look for our episodes. Just look through. I think we're in the 70s by the, by the time this comes out. You can scroll through our episodes. Anything that has to do with communication, anything that has to do with vulnerability, listening, asking questions, those are the episodes, specifically 5, 6, and 8, that you can go and you can start to learn how to redefine your philosophy as a communicator, as a man. Okay, and that's what I'm challenging you to do is to become a better man. I had to I'm not challenging you challenging you with anything that I did not first challenge myself with and become. That's the way I roll, bro. That is the way I roll. And I have credibility sitting across from me and she is not afraid to say you're wrong or I'm right and she will tell you straight up how I am. Uh and lastly, you know, think about that question that we posed, which is before you got married, at the height of your, you know, relationship, if you're having trouble communicating now, what did you talk about before? And why was it so easy? And how can you incorporate that now? Fair enough? Fair enough. Okay, baby. You did great this episode. Thank you for all that you bring to this podcast. I know the title is Man Versus Marriage. Um, There's man and woman. Yeah. And, you know, I could say it's mankind versus... No, but it's uh, it's definitely my journey, and I am so glad that you're a part of it. And many, you know, many have said, well, I don't want to be against my wife. Uh, no, dude, we're on the same team, and we're winning against marriage. I mean, that's what we're doing here. We are our home team. So... Thank you all for listening. I greatly appreciate it. I cannot wait to hear from you in this episode and you sharing some wins. Share a freaking win, bro. Get out there. Put yourself out there. I'll protect you. I got your back. And for this episode, Crazy Good Communication. This is the Man vs. Marriage Podcast. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.